This is Affliction Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional works, such as TV, books, and film, and how they relate to the real world. And this week, we'll be taking a look at geodermic granitis, colloquially known as cobbles, from the British TV comedy Look Around You. Look Around You was a satirical show that aired on BBC Two in the early 2000s. It was produced to look like a 1980s educational TV program, the kind of educational video you'd expect to watch in a classroom. However, the information presented on the show was completely fabricated and blatantly untrue, such as its claim that by the year 2010, the average human life expectancy would reach 400 years. In an episode focusing on the topic of health, one of the presenters begins a segment that explains the details of a new enigmatic disease known as cobbles. Over the past few months, our newspapers have been filled with horrifying accounts of a new disease that has been spreading at an alarming rate. It's a disease for which, at present, there is no known cure. And it's all the more terrifying because scientists don't even know what causes the disease. I'm talking, of course, about geodermic granitis, more commonly known as cobbles. Cobbles is a wicked disease that strikes quite indiscriminately, attacking the central nervous system, fooling it into calcifying the bodily tissue eventually turning the victim into what is essentially a pile of rocks. A doctor is invited onto the program to showcase a treatment he has developed for the disease. But unfortunately, the doctor himself is afflicted with cobbles, so the person we see walk onto the set is a talking pile of rocks. But now there may be a light at the end of the tunnel, because a British doctor claims to have made an important breakthrough in the development of a cure. And he joins us in the studio now. Dr. Philip Lavender. Hello, Doctor, and thank you for coming on the show. Well, uh, thank you for having me on the show, Pam. Now, Doctor, you're a sufferer of the condition yourself, aren't you? I am, Pam, yes. And how long have you had cobbles? Just over two years now. But since then, you've been very busy, haven't you? Yeah, well, I've spent most of that time trying to find a potential cure for cobbles with the help of my research team. And you're going to show us what you've come up with? Yes, certainly. Now, Doctor, what exactly is it? Well, we've produced what is essentially a body cream, which rejuvenates dormant tissue and skin cells and aims to reverse the damaging effects of cobbles. I see. And what does it contain? Well, cream, potassium, nitrates, potassium nitrates, and nitrate of potassiate nitrate. Dr. Lavender admits that the treatment does have some limitations which would need to be resolved. In the end, however, he reveals that cobbles does have one beneficial side effect. Well, we're hoping to be able to do this for the entire body, but unfortunately at the moment the cream only lasts for about a quarter of an hour before the skin starts to scab over and become rock again. So this is obviously something we will need to work on. Well, we wish you all the best with your endeavours, Doctor, and I do hope you find a cure for your terrible affliction. Well, it's not all bad. At least we can fly. Goodbye. Calcification in the body is actually a real thing that happens. However, it does not lead to a person turning into stone, a fact that I hope no one is surprised at hearing. Not even Dwayne Johnson? 
No, he's just really muscly, you know. Swole. Since calcium is transported in the bloodstream and is found in every cell, calcification can occur in just about any part of the body. The National Academy of Medicine reports that 99% of the body's calcium is found in the teeth and bones. The other 1% is found in blood, muscles, extracellular fluid, and body tissues. According to Healthline, calcification in the human body occurs when calcium builds up in body tissue, blood vessels, or organs, which, over time, can add up and disrupt the body's normal processes. While calcium buildup is harmless in some parts of the body, it can disrupt organ function and affect blood vessels when it occurs in other parts. Causes of calcification include infections, calcium metabolism disorders that cause hypercalcemia or too much calcium in the blood, genetic or autoimmune disorders affecting the skeletal system and connective tissues, and persistent inflammation. Calcification treatment is only necessary if, for example, a person has calcium buildup severe enough to affect a heart valve's function. In this case, the person would probably need surgery to open or replace the heart valve. Other calcification treatments include diuretics to prevent calcium kidney stones, as well as anti-inflammatory medicines and applying ice packs to joints or tendons that are experiencing effects on range of motion and discomfort because of calcium deposits. Contrary to cobbles, real-life calcification occurs internally rather than affecting one's skin. Consequently, calcification isn't treated with topical medicines such hey, as... Hey, Jennifer. Ha- yes? If there were a topical medicine to treat cobbles... Would it be called cobical medicine? Probably. I only came up with that joke because Jennifer legitimately misread the word topical as copical. Hey, there's some kind of genius going on in my head, maybe. <laughs> Calcification isn't treated with topical medicines, such as how Dr. Lavender treats his case of cobbles. Calcification also doesn't continue to persist even after being treated, unlike cobbles, and it is not caused by any type of attack on the central nervous system. Metabolic disorders that may cause calcification occur because of a defective gene that causes an enzyme deficiency, which doesn't have much to do with the central nervous system. Additionally, autoimmune diseases, which may also cause calcification, cause low or overactivity of the immune system, so they also don't have anything to do with the central nervous system. Dr. Lavender's topical treatment, allegedly containing, quote, potassium, nitrate, potassium nitrate, and nitrated potassiate nitrate, which is not a real thing, by the way, is an interesting concept to discuss. First off, potassium and nitrate by themselves aren't topical treatments. They can be used in combination with other elements as treatments, but they don't exist on their own just as a treatment. For example, according to a 2018 experiment done by dermatologists in Spain published in the medical journal known as Pediatric Dermatology, potassium hydroxide as a topical treatment can reduce lesions caused by molluscum contagiosum, which is a common, harmless skin condition caused by a virus, according to the American Academy of Dermatology. Another example of potassium or nitrate being used in a topical medicine is silver nitrate, which, according to the University of Michigan School of Medicine, is often used as a topical treatment to cauterize infected tissues around a skin wound. Its other uses include helping create a scab to stop bleeding from a minor skin wound and removing warts or skin tags. Potassium nitrate is used as a treatment in conjunction with sodium fluoride, and it isn't really used in topical medicines as a compound by itself. Sodium fluoride potassium nitrate is often found in toothpaste. 
So my theory is that the writers of Look Around You just chose two random substances that sounded okay together and called them the ingredients of a fake topical medicine. Because potassium and nitrate aren't really used together in medicines, and when they're used separately in medicines, they don't really treat anything at all related to calcification. While real-life calcification doesn't actually cause a skin condition or require topical treatment, cobbles does, even though it is quite an unrealistic one. According to Healthline, some of the most common skin disorders or disorders that cause symptoms that affect the skin are acne, cold sores, blisters, hives, actinic keratosis, rosacea, carbuncle, latex allergy, eczema, psoriasis, cellulitis, measles, basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, melanoma, lupus, contact dermatitis, vitiligo, warts, chickenpox, keratosis pilaris, ringworm, melasma, and impetigo. Symptoms of skin disorders include raised red or white bumps, painful or itchy rashes, scaly or rough skin, peeling skin, ulcers, open sores or lesions, dry and cracked skin, discolored patches of skin, fleshy bumps, warts, or other skin growths, changes in mole color or size, loss of skin pigment, and excessive flushing. Skin disorders are often caused by bacteria, fungus, parasites, microorganisms, viruses, allergens, irritants, genetic factors, and illnesses affecting the thyroid, immune system, kidneys, or other body systems. Furthermore, many skin disorders are treatable with antihistamines, medicated creams and ointments, antibiotics, vitamins or steroid injections, laser therapy, or targeted prescription medications. In addition to the symptom of turning into a pile of rocks, Dr. Lavender reveals that there is one positive effect of cobbles. It makes people fly for some reason. This is a symptom we already addressed last year in our episode about unicornitis, but to reiterate, there are no diseases that can make you fly. Darn! A symptom that beneficial would go against the literal meaning of the word disease. That being said, there are in some rare cases reports of an otherwise harmful condition causing a surprisingly favorable health effect. In an article for the New York Times, Elizabeth Svoboda writes that some research suggests that a mild case of hookworm in humans can suppress the symptoms of allergic reactions. Dr. David Pritchard of the University of Nottingham conducted a study in which subjects who were given 10 hookworms in their system showed reduced inflammatory responses to substances they were allergic to compared to subjects who were not given hookworms. Dr. Pritchard even conducted the same procedure on himself and found the same result. This isn't to say that if you have an extreme allergy, you should just contract a case of hookworm. It's still a disease that can be fatal, killing thousands of people every year. However, self-infected cases where the hookworms are very small in quantity have not been seen to cause the same symptoms as a more extreme case. And the study participants who were given hookworms actually decided to keep them in light of the reduced allergic reactions they saw. Gross. (laughs) Other so-called positive effects of diseases tend to follow this same template. By falling victim to one illness, you reduce your chance of contracting another. For instance, a study published in the Thorax Medical Journal found that there is an inverse relationship between the frequency of cases of tuberculosis and the frequency of cases of asthma. The proposed hypothesis is that people who don't contract tuberculosis early in life have an increased chance of developing asthma later on, or, put differently, by being infected with tuberculosis, a person's chances of later developing asthma are reduced. That being said, the study was based off of reported data from countries, which isn't always well documented or kept. It's likely that tuberculosis rates were underreported in regions of Africa, Asia, and South America. 
It's also difficult to make an outright conclusion that tuberculosis reduces the likelihood of developing asthma, as the study examined overall disease rates in countries, not actual individuals. The study itself acknowledges this, but it's generally a poor statistical practice to use data about a country as a whole to make a conclusion about the individual people who reside in it. Although Dr. Lavender's cream does successfully turn a cobble's victim's rock back into flesh, he states that the effects are temporary before the skin begins to scab and become rock again. It's true that scabs aren't as soft as skin, but based on what we know about scabs, it probably isn't accurate to say that skin turning into rock is a result of scabbing. You're not wrong. As you probably already know, scabs form as a way of protecting the body from excessive blood loss. This means that there needs to be some kind of wound present in order for a scab to form, so the process by which scabs develop wouldn't be the same process that causes regular, unharmed skin to turn into rock. According to the Franklin Institute, scabs develop because of platelets, which are a special type of cell found in the blood. Platelets congregate at the site of a wound in an attempt to block the flow of blood by forming a clot, but the platelets aren't acting alone. They form the blood clot with help from vitamin K, a protein called fibrinogen, and, this is the interesting one, calcium. Now that doesn't mean that the development of a scab is a type of calcification, because it isn't. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) However, I turned to her in confirmation, however, (laughs) nursing, this could be a possible reason why Look Around You attributes cobbles to scabbing as well as to calcification. That's all we have to say for now. But what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? Do you know of a fictional illness that you'd like us to talk about? Do you have personal experience with a condition similar to a fictional one which you'd like to discuss? If so, you can send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm James Ewer. And I'm Jennifer Horlick. Thanks for listening. And get well soon. Look Around You, Series 2, Episode 2, Health, was written by Robert Popper and Peter Serafinowicz and is property of Fremantle Media. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records. 